Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to another one of our Kick and Cover podcasts. Um, today, uh, we have a, a great guest who's already dropped extreme amount of knowledge just before we even started, and it's made me laugh immensely and, and is, is, is one heck of a football coach. Um, he's one of the assistant coaches and is in charge of the special teams there at, Dem- at the Denver Broncos. Um, longtime NFL assistant. He's coached high school, college, and the NFL. Um, also has a book out, which we'll talk about, which is called Just Figure It Out. Uh, Coach Michael Westoff. Coach, how you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank well, you. I'm I, doing good. I appreciate you coming on. And I know this first question is go- could, could lead to an extremely long answer, which is fine. Take your time. I'll I'll be right. I've already gave you all my long answers. So you I, I doubt that's true. So you I mean, you've obviously coached a long time, but how I mean, you you joined Coach Payton this year after being retired for a little bit. Right. I mean, kind of how did you end up back in the NFL with Coach Payton uh coaching special teams? Yeah, no, it's a fair question. I retired from the uh, New York Jets in 2000, actually 2012, beginning of 2013, after having been in the National Football League for 30 years. Um, I work for ESPN. I, I live in Florida, in Fort Myers, Florida, and I would travel up to New York every weekend, and I would do a radio show um, with Anita Marks, which I really had fun doing, and Chris Ganty, who's on the air all the time now. Uh, we had a good radio show. We would talk NFL football for two hours on Sunday morning. And then I did the Jets television. I would do the pre and post game TV shows for the Jets. It was fun for me to go to New York. I loved I loved going back there. My girlfriend lived there, so it was pretty easy for me. That helped out. And uh, it was really a good experience. And then one night in the middle of 217, I'm in a restaurant and I get a phone call from a guy who I've known. And he, he wanted to talk to me. And uh, he said that... Uh, that I want to come to work for the New Orleans Saints. I said, no, no, thanks. <laughs> I said, I'm very happy doing my show. I like the TV gig. I'm into it. I said, I don't want, I don't plan on doing it the rest of my life, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. And he said, well, will you talk to coach Peyton? And I said, I don't know him. I've never met him, but sure. I know who he is. And I said, sure. Though the next day they, they were up actually up in Buffalo, they beat Buffalo. And that following day he called me and he said, coach, here's where we are. He said, we think we're really good. We're a good team. He said, but our kicking game, our special teams are not very good. He said, can you come in here and straighten it out? I went like, whoa, okay, let me think about it. So I gave it some thought. And 
tossed it around. Their general manager, Mickey Lomas, called me, who I have tremendous respect for. He's a brilliant gentleman. They made me a great offer. I made it clear to them that if I came in, they couldn't fire anybody. I said, if you fire someone, I won't come in. I won't do it. I said, but I'll make them work with me. Well, he actually had worked for a guy that used to work for me, so he was using my notebook. So I knew every word. I mean, I wrote it. So it was pretty easy. <laughs> so I went in, and they were good. They were a good team. And at first, it was tough because we really weren't very good, first two games. Uh, but then then all of a sudden, we really got good. You know, I, I kind of discovered Taysom Hill. I don't care what anyone else tells you. I discovered him. <laughs> he, uh, I saw, I'm walking to the locker room one day, my second week there, and I see this guy with a towel wrapped around him. I'm thinking, who is this guy? Looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody. And, and I, I found out who he is. So I went up to see Sean. I said, tell me about Taysom Hill. Very athletic quarterback. Went to Brigham Young with Green Bay for a while. And he said, we picked him up. He's never active. He's always inactive. But, you know, we think he's very athletic. I said, look, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of success with quarterbacks. Jim Jensen. And I went back through that whole list that I had. Brad Smith. And I said, let me, let me talk to him. So I talked to this kid. I said, I've got some roles that I think maybe you might, it might fit you. He said, well, I've never done anything. I said, so what? I said, I mean, you could you could play if you you run into somebody. I'll figure it out. So he said, let's give it a try. So that was a Wednesday. So we practiced Wednesday. I knew after one practice, he he would be not good. He would be really good because he is so tough. Now he's like six two and a half, you know, two hundred twenty five pounds. He's strong. You know, he hits you. He'll knock your head off. He's tough. He's smart. He's extremely athletic. And uh, Next thing you know, I had him playing for me, and, and he did great. Oh, he did great. And then we finished that year. You have that crazy loss up in Minnesota, that crazy Minnesota play that we lost to. And then we went back the next year. We had another great year. I, I went back with him, and we were really good. When I walked in, they were ranked 31st in the NFL. When I left, we were first. So Sean liked that but pretty much, I guess. And then I re-retired, wrote my book during covid and then he called me when he was out and he said, uh, Mike, I'm going to go back. And when I go back, how about coming with me and help me get started? I said, okay, I'll do it. So he, he ended up in Denver. So I, I went last January, I went to Denver with him and worked the whole year and brought my guys with me, Ben Kotwika and uh, Chris Banjo. Chris used to play for us, heck of a player. Anyway, we, we worked together and we're, we were good. We had a really, we had a good year. We finished in the top five or six or four, whatever, uh, somewhere up there. I don't know where it is, but it's pretty high. Uh, and really could have been first. We had a punter that uh, let us down a little bit early. He actually got, got, got good late, late in the year, but, uh, but it was any that way. So it was a good experience for me. It's fun. And I re-retired until last Monday when the owner called me in and made me an offer that might be tough to refuse. <laughs> he wanted me to he said we just think you, we don't want to let you go and he said why don't you come back just come back in the season just work during the season um come in training camp maybe come in the spring to take a look at whatever you want to do and um we don't want you to go so i i i, I told him if everything is okay with me you know you're always you get my age i mean i'm 76 you know, health things, you got to always double check. And I said, if I'm doing good and everything, I'll, I'll, I'll probably do it. But I like them. And I, I know everybody, we've got a good group that's back. And I would certainly, if things go well, I, I, I would certainly consider doing that. Um, so anyway, that's, 
that's kind of how I how I got started with Sean and 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 we were good I like him I respect him he's a very good coach he, he he's very knowledgeable um, he calls all the plays he's an offensive coordinator and a good one and he, he understands the game he's worked his way in the system he's had lots of success and he knows how to deal with success and some limited types of failure that he's had which haven't been very much but he gets it so I like my role with them. I'm assistant head coach, um, which doesn't do much more than consist of every now and then talk him off the ledge <laughs> <laughs> when he gets too frustrated. But and, and I'm usually right there with him, uh, and I enjoy that. So I told him I would do it, and I and I, I had a good time doing it. And we were we we were pretty good. We were pretty good. Good. Now I, I want to kind of hit on something we talked about before before I started filming. I mean, you do a I, – I, actually, I'll just say it. You do a fantastic job. Like, you've been a special teams coordinator in the league since, like, mid-'80s, and you've done – I mean, you've done a great job. Like, everywhere you've been, Dolphins, Jets, New Orleans, Denver, like – and you've done it with kids, and, and, and you kind of went off on this. It just – you don't need the starting wide receiver or quarterback on your special teams. You got – you're developing kids, a, a third-string quarterback, Taysom Hill, who excelled in college but hadn't found a place in the NFL yet, or uh, Mims, who was for you guys this year. You develop all these kids. Why do you think you're able to – I don't want to say do more with less because that's a bad analogy. Like, the, well, all pretty good. players are really good. Like, you know, if you're on a roster, you're you're an athlete. That doesn't Correct. matter. Correct, and especially uh, in National Football League, everybody's pretty good. Yes. The thing is, you have to realize – that this is a different part of the game. It's a wide open game. You're not playing in the elevator. You know, your best linebacker, you know, is not necessarily going to be a great special teams player. And your great special teams player probably couldn't go in there and stop, you know, an isolation with a great big fullback coming at him. He couldn't do that. But in, in the open field, he can play. So you, as I said, I think, you know, and our, our, our guys are ranked a little bit higher than our offense and defense right now. Um, I, I think other than Pat Sertan, I'm not sure there's a player on our football team that would start for me and make me better than I am right now. I don't believe that. Now, I, I use them when I have to in different spots, sure, of course. But they have their specific roles in the jobs that they do. This is a different one. You have to understand as a coach that you're developing a, <laughs> excuse me, a different part of the game. It's just different. The game's different. It's played in the, and, and, and you have to know it. I think I know it very well and I can teach it. And then, and then you teach that and then you get these guys to buy in and then they buy in. And then all of a sudden at first they hate me. I know I'm really, cause I'm not easy to play for. I'm pretty tough to play for because <laughs> I'm very demanding. But I mean, like they, a lot of them were teasing me. They came by at the end of the year and they said, coach, you can't go. You've got to come back. You can't go home. You got to come back. And they said, after about a week, we couldn't wait for you to leave, but, now we're now we're trying to talk you into coming back. I said because we figured out that we're pretty good, and we like it. We like how it feels, you know. We like looking at our rankings and see that you're in the top whatever. You're at the top of the league, and and that that gives us a lot of confidence. And uh, you know, when we don't do it, we're so disappointed. And you know, and to me, it's like a, it, it's a cockiness. It's not arrogance. I think there's a difference between being a little bit cocky and being arrogant. I don't believe that uh, I'm arrogant, although some people would think I am, but I'm absolutely not. But I, I want a I want a realm of cockiness. 
I want them to go out there and think you're playing us today, buddy. You, you better get ready because we know how to do it. It means really, it means a lot to us and, and we're going to make it work. And I think as a high school coach, and I know that's who you deal with. And that's why a lot of my book would be, it'd be directed to that. Um, get those kids, give them a chance. Now I know sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sometimes the difference in high school, like the NFL, everybody's good. In high school, you get a young kid, you know, he's, he's, you know, 13 years old. He hasn't developed to the point of where the 17 year old senior is. There's a big difference. And so that for, you know, that, that makes it a little bit different than, than what I'm dealing with. Cause everybody I have is pretty good, but they may not be as good a particular role, but they're good. But if you if you give them a chance, you put a kid in a role, make, give them something that he believes in, teach him how to do it and then let him turn them loose, make it important to them. The next thing, you know, you know, you look up in the stands and it'll be his mother and father and all his relatives and all his friends will be sitting up there watching him. And that to me is what high school football is about. You know, get those kids, give them a chance, help them out. Don't be, you know, you, anybody can, yeah, I'm tough. I, I get on my, I'm tough on our guys. Um, but they're, they're grown men. You know, they're not some kid, you know, you want to run a kid off in high school. You can't and, and, and shame on you. If you do any coach, bring them along. You know, show them how to do it correctly. Yeah, you're no, you're not accepting uh, mediocrity. No, you want them to do it well, and you teach them. Give them drills to do that they that, that learn how to be a football player. I'll tell you, I, I do a very simple drill. I'll, I'll explain it to you, real simple. I see. Now this is my thirty what thirty fourth year or something in the NFL. I don't even know. I know the last game. Let's see, the last game was my six hundred and seventy seventh. So I coached a few games in the league. I, I've, I've done this a few times every week, every week, including the last week on every Thursday, we run a kickoff coverage drill and it's a coverage drill. All right. I take three defensive players, all positions, any position. We start on the 40 yard line and we go from the hash to the sideline and I spread them out. Okay. Then I take three offensive guys with bags. Of course, you know, we have to use bags late in the year or sometime early. We don't, we do it with just blocking live, but, and they're like, they're on about the 25 yard line. They're spread out. Then there's a running back who's by the hash inside a little bit. Okay. Now I send them, they go, my three guys go, they take off the linemen <coughs> start at the 25. They drop back about two steps and then they move forward to block their guy, all right? The back runs right at the first guy, and then he breaks like their windows from where he is to the sideline. He can't go back into the middle of the field because there's nobody over there. Yeah. All right. The idea is to get off the block full speed, whether it's with a bag or whatever, utilizing techniques, setting a block up, dipping your shoulder. We have very simple rules. Single block over the top. 12 or more back door. In other words, there's 12 or more yards from the blocker to the ball carrier. I can go the back door of the player, but then I have to flatten it out. Yeah. Eight or less button press. So it's simple. It's just simple rules. And that's done full speed. Well, we finished with the second best punt coverage in national football league. And, and I think our kickoff coverage was fifth or something like that. It's right at the top. If you add the two together, nobody's even close to us. 
Uh, and that's the drill I do it. Here's the reason. Rolling, you, you can't you can't cover a kickoff and have the guys run down the field 50 yards. Well, you'll kill them. But I can have them run 20 yards. Yeah. But the end of it mirrors exactly what's going to happen on Saturday or Sunday or Friday night. Yeah. It's the same thing. And it's done full speed. Now, if you do it in full pads, you can block full go. Or or you can have a guy holding a bag, or you can do even do it in shorts with a helmet. You just, you just, you know, you gear up to what you have on, what, 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 what equipment you're wearing, but you teach technique, you teach dropping the shoulder, not giving them a big surface to block. Now the guys that are blocking, they're usually guys that are blockers for me. And they learned, even if they take a bag to how the line slide and move my feet and all the little things and a ball carrier, we get all our ball carriers that jump. They like to jump in and do it just to carry one, one time, even our top running backs. Drill Rivas used to run the ball for me in this drill. He's in the Hall of Fame. He would do it. He said, oh, I like doing that, Mike. It reminds me, if I get an interception, how I have to carry the ball. Okay. The good players figure it out. Yeah. I mean, so here I got some young kid out of nowheresville trying to tackle Drell Rivas or, you know, butt him up or whatever it is you're doing. That's how you win. That's how you get guys. They figure it out. And they see it. And I'm not running to death. I'm not killing them. You know, you just do a short little, takes me five, eight minutes and I'm done. And we finished with a top cover, one of the top coverages in the league. If you add up both coverages, <coughs> excuse me, we are first. So take it however you want. That works. I know it works. Yep. You don't have to have an all-star team. You know, I don't use my starters. So what? Teach them how to do it. Now, yeah, you're going to have to get some better players, of course. You know, you're not going to have all just, you know, like a high school team. You're not going to have all freshmen out there going against the varsity. No, but you get your backup linebackers, your backup DBs, and, you know, guys all mix in. And next thing you know, you put together a good group. Things like that. I believe very much in that. I'm a big believer in that to get uh, to make them a big part of it. And then, and then they get good at it and they, they like it. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they get a turnover, they run and get a big return. You know, all of a sudden everybody's going crazy. The crowd's screaming and yelling and, you know, they're here. Marvin Mims is going to pro bowl. I think it's the first time in history. I, I, I'm not, I, I say that, but I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think that a rookie returner led the league in both. He, he didn't finish up because he finished up whatever in kickoffs. He was down a little bit um, and went to the pro bowl. Tough to do, but I know the system works. I know it works. I know how to teach it, how to get it done, and then the guys, it becomes important to them. And so that, to me, that's what coaching is all about. Before we get into more special teams questions, let's talk about your book real quick. You, you sure, please. talked about it a little bit there. And um, anybody that – I mean, I'm going to put the link to it below. Um, so anybody that wants to check out his book, it's it's down there. It's ready to go. It's called Figure It Out. And you get it on Amazon. Amazon, figure yeah. it out. It, it and like just reading the bio of the book on Amazon gets you pumped and kind of do you want to kind of explain to people who are listening kind of what it's about because it's not just about you coaching the NFL like no. that's not the, no the, the premise it's kind of it's, it's kind of all encompassing do you want to kind of explain what your book is about yeah it's something I always thought that I would like to write a book I mean I read a lot I have a master's degree in uh, psychology educational not clinical. Um, and I read a lot, so I like books. I always thought it would be a challenge if I could write one. You know, I, I different authors are my favorite guys, and 
you know, from fictional authors like James Lee Burke or Patterson or people like that to, you know, someone that writes a, you know, a, a true story about something. But I wanted to do this and I kind of wanted to tell a story. So I told mine of how I got involved. I grew up, I grew up in a city of Pittsburgh in a kind of a, it's a little row house type environment. You know, we weren't, we weren't poor, but we weren't wealthy. That's for damn sure. Um, and it was a good situation. You know, I, I learned a lot. I, things happened to me, you know, when you're a kid, you learn how to, to do things. I, I, I learned how to try to stay out of trouble. I learned how to fight because I didn't have any choice. Where I grew up was kind of a tough neighborhood. And uh, we moved out to a suburban school, Bethel Park, outside of Pittsburgh. Um, I was young in class. My parents started me young, not because I was a good student, because I absolutely was not. Um, I was the first. So I, I go to high school real young. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> I told you, I, I live out in Denver, and I come to Florida and get a cold. Anyway, um, I was the first sophomore that started in our high school, ever started. We were good. We were, we were one of the top teams in the state. We had a great coach, man, named Dan Galbreath. And I talked about that. I, I talked about it and what it meant to me and how I was growing as a person and a player. And then I went to the University of Wyoming, how I traveled out there on a bus. Incredible story. And, and the people I met along the way, you know, different coaches, Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, um, and then got involved in, in coaching in college and how I did that. And that was, you know, working, going to school, became very, very good friends with Lee Corso, who I still talk to a pretty good bit as I worked with him. Um, and then my chance to get in the National Football League at a very young age um, with the Baltimore Colts. I was a part of Baltimore's move from Baltimore to Indianapolis, that midnight move thing. I, I talk all about that. <laughs> and, and then my role as a coach and how I became a special teams coach, extremely by accident. Totally by accident. They were going to fire a guy. I said, no, don't fire him. I'll, I'll help. Oh, yeah, way to go, Mike. Next thing you know, I had the job. Uh, <laughs> and how that developed. And then Don Shula hired me. And then working with him and for him, the, the greatest ever. You know, a brilliant coach, a gentleman, did things first class. You know, with Marino the whole time, I was helping coach offense. I mean, that was pretty easy. You know, throw it over there, Dan, wherever you want. Just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so good. Oh, was he good. And that, that was really fun for me. And then I kind of developed my own niche, how it came to me and what I did, people that helped me. Um, I mean, like on the, on the back cover of my book, Roger Goodell uh, said that the National Football League, Mike Westoff changed the game. I'm very proud of that. And I think I did. I think I absolutely did. And then I wasn't the only one because it kind of snowballed and a number of other very good coaches. And we all kind of moved in a direction which it moved to a point of a pinnacle that it had never been. And now with all the rule changes, it'll never be again because you just don't have the number of plays. They've taken a lot of it out, you know, kickoffs or touchbacks. You know, most of my career, you never had a touchback. You just went down and covered it. Things like that. So, and it's all about how it evolved, how the game evolved, how it changed. And, and as I was doing this, my journey which was not exactly something advantageous that I would have wanted, but um, I experienced a number of health issues and I went through it. I fought through bone cancer. Um, if you saw an x-ray of my leg, you wouldn't believe it because there's no bone. It's all metal. Oh, dang. It's all metal. Yeah. Nobody has it. Guy, guy uh, famous doctor in Sloan, Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York, John Healy, 
pretty much invented what I have. Oh, and I still get around. I'm still coaching. It's a, it's a miracle. And I've, you know, I've had so, you know, and and I coached through it. I went through it. I I, I lived through it, like so many people do. You know, if you think you're going to get through this life with a hall pass, you're probably making a mistake, because it doesn't. Have, I haven't, I don't know anybody that's happened to yet. <laughs> we all have we all have things that happen to us. It's a matter of how how we react to it, how we deal with it, or how we can help someone deal with it. That to me is the most important thing, and that's what a lot of this book is about. And uh, I wrote every word. I had a, a gentleman help me, a writer, Barry uh, Barry Wilman. But what he did, he conducted the interviews. He didn't. He didn't write the. I wrote every word, and then he would conduct the interview, and then he would take parts of that interview and he would put it into the book where it was applicable. You know, you're hearing me talk about something, and then you're hearing Zach Thomas tell the story, or you're hearing uh, Larry Izzo tell it, or or you know, guys like that, or it worked for me, Ben Cotweeker, or Shane, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Sean Payton. So. I just, I think it's good. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the way it came out and it turned out, but it all, it just kind of was a metamorphosis and it just moved along. And it does chronicalize a lot what took place in a part of the game that a lot of people don't know about or don't understand. And that part of the game has been diluted some. I'm being kind because it's been diluted a lot, but <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. A lot of it was safety rules and some of it were very good. Some of it, I think maybe they went a little bit too far, but anyway, that's what I tried to do, and 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 and, and I'm very proud of it. Good. Now, now th you mentioned one of the questions I had there, like because when I looked at your bio and was doing research on as we were prepping for this interview, like I see a long string of coaching offensive line, and that's a whole nother niche itself. Like, let's yeah. just be honest. Like, there, there's a reason there. I mean. There is the cool clinic and the and all that, and um, but then you then you go to a completely different club of special team coaches and being a special teams coordinator. Is it just because you tried to save somebody's job, or was there a passion for it? What kind of like because you're leaving? I mean, let's just be honest. Like when you coach offensive line, it's a very tight group. Typically, yes, yeah, yeah. And, I was I was assistant off when I first went to the Colts. Um, actually, I, it was a long story. I won't tell you the whole story because I'll let you buy the book. You'll read the whole story. But anyway, Frank Cush, who had been in Arizona State, you know, get the Baltimore Colt job. And I had <laughs> met him years ago, and he promised me that he would interview me. So he brought me in. He said, okay, here's what I have. He said, I'm going to have to hire a strength coach. He said, I'm going to need a, probably a special teams coach. I need a tight ends coach, an assistant offensive line coach, and I need someone to help me. He said, okay, that's what I have available. He said, what's, what's the most comfortable for you? And I said, I'll do them all. And he started to laugh. I said, no, I'll do every one of them. I can do them all. He said, I don't think that. I said, yeah, I'll do them all. So I did. I did them all. I probably didn't do any of them very well, but I did them all. Until I could get a strength coach hired, that was, that was my first goal, which I did after two years. But So I did all this. And then they had a guy coaching special teams and he was struggling. You know, Frank was going to fire him and I talked him out of firing him. Actually, if I didn't know what it turned out to be, I'd have let him fire him. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, tell you the truth, I would have let him fire I should have let him fire him. Anyway, I, I kept his job or helped him keep it. And, uh, and I took that over. And then once I got into that, I was intrigued. 
because he had, he didn't have he had a notebook. It should have come with crayons. Notebook this guy had. So I took it. So here I'm going to write my own notebook. So I get into the rule book, and everything I started to do, I incorporated with rules, and I and I wrote my entire book. It took me a time to do it, but I did it. And then I just kept, in, in, you know, adding on and increasing and making it better over the years. And then the guys who work for me actually have done some of that also. And it turns out pretty good. It's a pretty good notebook right now, frankly. Good. But that's how that's how it got going by accident. But what I what I learned really early with special teams that was intriguing to me is that at that time, 1982, there was zero, and I mean zero, innovation. Zero. But there was also zero regulation. Hell, you could try anything. So I tried everything. A lot of it became illegal. You know, like, I mean, Goodell told me one time, he said, Mike, quit complaining about the rules. He said, we changed most of them because of you. Uh, but that's, that's, so I just kept trying, experimenting. And, and I felt like I could become very creative. And then I got some help, people to help me. You know, that helped me. A guy named Bud Carson, a great defensive coach, you know, taught me a lot of things about coverage and how to, you know, how to, you know, like how to play defense, which I, I, I adapted and moved to, to kick off coverage and things like that. And that, that was great experiences. So I kind of just became creative. I just kept trying things. And some wasn't, some didn't work very well. And all of a sudden something was pretty good. Then I'd see someone else and I would, you know, I'd steal it or tinker it. And we all did that. And uh, I love the creativity. I still like it. I still like it. Actually, I did a thing on a return this year that I've never done before. I had never seen anyone do. It was kind of cool. And it really worked. We had a good, we had a good return off it. So I'll, you know, you, you, you think you know it, but what you, you really don't, you just keep learning. But that's the part that I enjoyed. Good. Was being able to become creative. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Like, speaking of, of creativity and rule changes, like... I've I've wanted this and I and I've always gotten a blanket answer, the same answer. Uh, so, so the NFL punt has really not changed too much. You don't see much every team runs, let's just say it. Every team runs virtually the same punt. Pretty scene. close. Pretty close. Yeah. Is it just the rules that cause that? Because you see, and I know there's rule difference between the NFL and college. Right. But you see college football and there's eight thousand different punt formations. Right, be kicking, non-rugby kicking, and all that. Right, and you look at the NFL, and it's still the same punt formation from when I was a child. Right, I like it. 
is it just the rules or it, it is here's the thing so when well. you when you well only the two people on the end of the line can go downfield on the snap then in order when that's the when that's the rule then in order to get it done you basically you you can't sprint out now because people will get downfield you can't do that or the you know the uh, the shield coverage a lot of the colleges do you know they put the big shield behind the guy yeah. but all those other guys go they take off and go they smack and release you can't do that. So in order to protect it, you have to form a cup, a type of a cup, and then you punt within the realm of that cup. Now, you can still punt to the side. You just have to know how to do it. You offset a little bit away. You just aim over a particular area, guard or tackle. You do whatever. You do a thing I call slam, which I really like. Um, not many. I'm the only guy that does it. Um, we take our wing. I only do it against a six box, sometimes seven, but mostly six. And we take that wing and we fire him off the ball and he hits that outside guy. Number one, we call him, let's say. Say you got a six, you got one, two, three, one, two, three. All right. Yeah. He'll hit number one and then bounce out and then release. Well, what that does, that gives you a soft spot to punt the ball to. Because that guy's not rushing in my face because I'm hitting him in the face. You know, so we're, we're playing pretty physical football. You know, we're going to smack him and bounce and go. Then we try to punt to the side. I've had a, I, uh, the kid I had this year could do it. He just, he wasn't as consistent. Um, I've had some guys who were great at it. I mean, Tom Morstead at the Saints, he was tremendous at it. Tremendous. Oh, he just, he'd lay the ball on the sideline. You couldn't even get near it. Uh, on my year, at 218, we gave up two yards of punt return. That was pretty good. So we were, we were pretty good. But I like that. I, that, but that's the rule. The reason that you, you, you have to be pretty much the same is because if that's the rule, I like it. I like it. I would, <coughs> I would make a change. And I wrote about this. I would not let, I would make the outside guy, we call them flyers. Most people call them gunners. Okay. I would not let them line up out on the sideline. I would make them line up within three, to right, three yards or so, maybe below the number. So in other words, I, I don't want to have them use the sideline as a protection to get out and cover. I don't like that. So I, I want to keep the play alive. I want it to be safe, but I want to keep the play alive. It's a great play. And so, you know, a lot of times that guy gets out there and he, he starts, he runs right into the guy, then he gets bumped and he goes out of bounds. Then he goes down, he has to come in at a 45-degree angle, but he he does get some protection. And he gets down and he gets involved in the play. Um, I would make it a little tougher for them because I, I just like to play. I, I want to keep the play alive. But I don't like what the colleges do. Most of the colleges, uh, you almost never see a punt return. You know, they just kick. Occasionally you see a block because somebody, you know, just, just outflanks a guy or whatever. Um, I don't like that. I like to keep the play alive. So I like the NFL rule. I like it. Now, you do have to have a center that can snap and block because he has to get involved. And a lot of times the college guys don't have that or high school guys. They just have a kid that can throw it back there and they're happy. So I understand that. Though, and to me, sometimes it might be a good rule for the National Football League that's not necessarily a good rule for college or for yeah. high school. And and I think there's that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a that's a fair thing. But I like I like ours for our level of play. I like it. Okay. I was just curious, like, because that's always the answer I've had is the rule. It's a rule. It's a rule. That's it. Changes. But I wanted to see if that was truly because again, you're in that you've been in that world for 30 years. Why I mean you're you'd be the man to ask. So um continuing with that, like how do I want more of this? It's um, 
when, when you, I mean, you obviously see every team special teams, like mm-hmm. everybody sees everybody film, sure. scouting, all that lovely jazz. And then you obviously watch college film when you're, when you're part of scouting and helping right. players. What do you think like, because it, it everything trickles down. What do you think are like the most overlooked parts of special teams for, from, for special teams coaches, whether it be high school, college, NFL, that they could learn from and process and be like, Hey, didn't think about that. Or I overlooked this or some people overlook this. Maybe I should take a look at this. Good question. You should get hired for ESPN. You can ask questions like that. Good <laughs> question. Learn how, learn how, learn how to shrink the field. Special teams is played, you know, in the big field, you kick off and you run down, you cover 50 yards. You can't, you can't practice that. You have to learn how to shrink it. You have to learn how to shrink punt coverage. You have to learn how to shrink everything, shrink it. And so, so the, the actual skill becomes applicable, but you're not running them to death. You can't, you can't, you'll kill them. You get better at what you do by learning how to shrink the field, play that, play the situations like that. I think that's, that, that, that's the very, one of the very first things that, uh, uh, that you have to, to learn how to do. Ask me a question one more time. I mean, w- when you look at college NFL ball, like what details do you think are being missed? Yeah. Okay. Good one. I got another one for you. No, I, I got a good one for you. Yeah. Um, realize, understand what skills are really needed and really teach those skills. Teach people how to tackle in an open field without just full speed lining up and running, running each other, killing each other. Learn how to do that, to teach those kind of skills. Um, learn how to play with your hands. To learn how I give everybody, you see, I have one sitting on my desk somewhere, but I don't have one right now. Everybody in my office, in my room, I'm always carries, I should have one right here and I don't, a little squeeze ball. I make them carry with them all the time. They're always squeezing it. Because I want you to have the strongest hands ever. When you grab guys, and, you're, and after you start to pull away, then you got to let them go. You don't pull them down. You don't grab in the face, man. We're the, we we might be the one of the least penalized team in the league. We're never going to block anybody in the back ever. We had one this year. I was going to kill the kid. I was so mad at him. Um, and he, you know, he really believed he could do it. If you can't get your head in front, let him go. Go to the next level. Go block somebody else. Get out of the road. Get out of the road. Don't ever put your head, hit him in the back. Don't ever hit him below the waist, the way the rules are, the way, you know, the, the legal block. So you try to teach that. Teach the rules as you play. Practice it, coach it. Get them to learn how to do it correctly. And you teach that, and you make that really important. They jump offside. Oh, you'd think they, you know, you think they just robbed the first national you jump offside in my practice because I'm really tough on them. I, I scream. I, I I really get upset. Um, the first the first string guys, it's always some scout team guy that does it. Those are the things. Shrink the field. Learn how to, to play within that, that realm of, uh, of what you're doing. Those are things that are they're really overlooked. Also, I think one of the biggest overlooked things that you should learn how to teach is learn how to teach kids. You can get anybody to do it. How to be very solid and protective on a field goal or PAT. To learn how to form a cup. Learn how to interlock your legs. Learn how to step. <laughs> excuse me learn how to to keep to stay low stay wide get your block with your pads where they should be play together everybody can see it to form a wall our cup 
If you looked at our cup, I think I, I think our cup around our kicker is as good as anybody in the league. On the other side of it, we attack it pretty hard and try to break it down. Now we don't have real tall defensive linemen. We have kind of short. We blocked one this year. We should have blocked fifteen. But I don't have anybody who could get a rebound if they play basketball. They're all short and it's little guys. <laughs> defensive line. Would you please get a six five guy? Help me out. Um, so I think those are skills that you can teach. You teach those. You learn how to interlock and get a nice wall, you know, to form, you know, to take on and put your helmet and your shoulder pad in an area and get a little help in the backside. And everybody's doing that. And you funnel it and you get a nice cup. Everybody learns how to do that. Um, little things like that. You can teach a guy how to hold for kicks. You just have to learn how to do it. It's not that hard. You know, you put your, you, you just get down your stance, you put your back, you sort of your back knee is bent you catch the snap and you bring your elbow, your elbow into the inside of your knee. And that puts the ball right down on the spot. You can learn how to do that. There's a way to teach guys how to hold. You can do it. It's not that hard. Um, it used to be in always that quarterbacks were your holders because they had the best hands. Now everybody has a punter. Yeah. The punter, you can teach him how to do it. He learns how to, of course he, you might have to, you know, get him a hundred million snaps, but he'll learn. He gets the ball, how he can turn it and spin it and, Guys can kick. So those little things like that, those skills can be developed and taught and they can really improve the game. You know, so it's not like you're just catching and throwing it down on there. There's a real science to it. There's a science to snapping, especially with the rules now that, you know, you can't line up guys on the, on the snapper anymore. You know, those types of rules. So a kid can, you know, you teach him how to do it. You learn how to grip the ball and how to throw it through. My, my son long snapped. He was at a very good high school in Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, they're about as good as there is. And then he, he went to university. He, he, he won a state, he, well, he has one state championship ring. And then he went to the University of Pennsylvania and he won two Ivy League championship rings. So he's got all the rings in the family, not <laughs> me. He's got them all. But he snapped and he was very good at it. He learned how to do it and it did a good job. Um, so those are little things. Teach those little skills. Learn how to do it. Make it important. Make, make it important for a guy. I mean, you look at... Um, Rex Ryan's son was was a good, solid high school player. Uh, he walked on at Clemson. Now, this was a number of years ago when Clemson was winning everything. Was he good enough to start for Clemson? He was a wide receiver. No, no, he wasn't. But he got to play a little bit. He got to play once in a while. But he was their holder. He learned how to hold. He held for every kick. Well, he had a role, and he did very well in it. He did well. He did a nice job, and I mean, he's got this, he's got the – national championship ring. So I'm sure he's proud to wear it. And that, so again, you know, make, make that job important, make it important. Don't demean any of it, figure out, go teach him how to do it. There's ways you can do it. You just, you just have to learn. Once you learn, it's not hard. You made me think of something there. And especially as you talk about being innovative, were you part of the saints when they started? I don't know what, what the term is like, almost like basketball blocking out, guys on offense and on special teams on like some of the punt, I think it was the punt return blocking or so we didn't block in the back. Yeah. There's people that that's, that's really caught on all over the league. I don't think the saints were really the guys that innovated it. What you do is you just have to learn how to shield. People can go down. You almost, you really have to do it now because you can't come back and peel back and crack on them. Yeah. It used to be, you know, 
We'd love that. We'd be in a meeting. You'd get the big hit. Everybody would be screaming and yelling. And now you go, whoa, you get you get fined for that one. So you just learn how to get in front and shield them. Even sometimes you turn your back a little bit. You just learn how to do it. It's just, it's a safety thing. They want the game. They want to eliminate a lot of the violent collisions. And, and I think that's a good thing. Um, although I kind of like a little bit of the violent collision, frankly. Uh, <laughs> but you have to be careful. You have to be careful. We're not trying to hurt anybody. I mean, I, I never taught anybody that was going to try to hurt anybody. And I believe that we were the most physical special teams unit, a lot of teams that I've been with. But we're not we're not trying to hurt somebody. Okay. I, I got two more questions for you. I think we could be here for 18 hours if, if, if I just – like because, I mean – like I said, you've done this a long time and you know special teams and just you have stories for days. And I think that's a lot of what your book talks about in there. It but does, yes. My my last special teams question. Sure. Would be, I mean, you've given away some drills already that you do to develop right. kids. little things. For right. a high school coach, is there any other like one drill that you really like that helped develop – Special and, and I'll and I'll even try to focus this a little bit. I think at the high school level, where I think me personally, just from watching for 13 years, um, you see a lot of struggles on punt return, punt block, and just general punt. I don't know if that's lack of knowledge. I don't know if that's I think some of the punt return issues are the kicking is so inconsistent at our level. Right. Um, you, from one week, you might see somebody that bombs 40 yards. The next week, this kid might be shanking at 15 on most of his punts. Right. Is there anything that you would recommend or have guys look at or just a thought just to help high school coaches as they develop either punt, punt return, or maybe punt as in general? Sure. The, the coverage drill I told you, to me, is the best drill there is. Yes. Might, might be the best drill in football. And then you also incorporate the blocking part of it and the running part of it. Because you're only running it, you know, you're only running a short yard, short distance into one another, and you learn how to block with it. You know, you say you don't say you start off just using a bag, and then you're not going to use bag. They're going to block. You know, you guys use their hands. They learn how to block with the guy. Keep your feet, things like that. I'm a big believer in that. I'm not. We did a number of drills uh, in the the mini camp this year. I'm not a big drill guy. We we did a handful of them that I think some of them are actually are pretty good. Um, there's some things where, you know, we would make guys, you know, you move, you could hit a bag and you move a direction and you go and you tackle a bag onto a big bag that's laying there. You know, you wrap up and you tackle them. I, I like that. I think that's pretty good. Um, and that's pretty easy because, you know, you can get different ways where how you fight to get off a block and you run and you tackle somebody. <clears throat> I think those things are, are very good. Um, I'm not personally a big drill guy. I mean, Coach Shuley used to have a thing that he was very – clear to us he said don't ever let me see you doing a mindless drill a guy when i was coaching offensive line um and we were going to block a sled i didn't you know not right right shoulder i had to call a play and then they knew do i block right shoulder or left shoulder make them think so i do most of my stuff within the in the in, in the confines of 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 of, of team so if i'm going to do a punt protection then i'm working with my inside guys going going on a punt. Now, sometimes we go half line and we go pretty hard tempo. Now, at the same time, the outside guys, you know, flyers or gunners, they're going against two guys and they're working hard. Now, they might only be going hard for five to seven yards, 
But for five to seven yards, they're really working at it. And they're learning their technique. They're learning how to block. They're learning how to escape. They're learning how to release, how to make a move, how to fake, how to set somebody up, how to not give a big surface. Inside, you work and you learn how to work back on your punt protection, however you do it. And ours is different. You know, as I said, high school and college, a lot of times you get set, you hit the guy, and then you release. It's different. You know, we, we got to form a cup. Ours is totally different. So there is that, but I like taking what you're doing, breaking it down and then teaching it, you know, in, in those short categories. Um, I, as I said, I'm not a big drill guy. I, I see some, I see drill sometimes and I get a headache and I'm watching them and I see other coaches doing them and I'm thinking, you're just wasting time. Nobody's thinking they're running. You know, I want to see it. You got to think and move and go fast. So to me, incorporate what you're trying to do into your drill work. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. I told you no. I get the, you're good. It's, it's the most I've talked for a while. Now, I, I my last question is for you. Sure. You've done this for 30 Long time. years. Yes. And you've coached a lot of fantastic players. You talked about finding Taysom Hill. You've worked with, I mean – the who's who of NFL head coaches, uh, Sean Payton, Don Shula, Rex Ryan, I believe Herm Edwards. I mean, you have a, a, a lit, I, I, Jimmy Johnson, I think was on there when I was looking Correct. at your, Yes, you got, I mean, you've worked with who's who. And again, you've coached the litany. You've been around Dan Marino. When you look back at your career, like, is there any like, memory or memories that kind of stand out like this just were enjoyable like just i mean that just stand out like wow a proud moment or a fun moment something that makes like when you think back on it you laugh because here me personally i love laughing that's that's or, or making somebody laugh and that's why i've enjoyed part of the reason i've enjoyed this so much is because it's just been great but like just when you look at back at it is there something that just stands and I, it could be a lot of things but like is there anything particular that stands out like that just what it could even be from this year that was just like fun and just oh lots so many things that's very difficult to answer because i've had so many um you know plays that that won the game or plays that uh, made such a difference in the game or a game that just dominated that maybe no one else has come close to what i think is the most important for me when I can look back at the guys that um, were basically nondescript, they weren't the top draft pick, um, and I gave a chance to them, and they ended up you know, playing 10 years, things like that. I mean, I'll, I'll give you one story. I'll tell you one. I think this will exemplify. Um, I'm at the Miami Dolphins, and this kid comes across my desk <clears throat> a uh, free agent running back from Ball State University in Indiana. Good, good kid. You know, nice size, uh, six foot, you know, 210, 12 pounds, 15 maybe. Good speed, not great, but good. Pretty good running back. But there was just something about him. He's kind of a tough guy. So we had signed him, and, and I love him. I mean, I just love him. I mean, he fits right in. But now our offense then was, you know, Marino, Duper, Clayton, and and – you know, it wasn't easy breaking into that outfit because that was pretty, you know, it was not easy. So this guy never quite had fit. And our running back coach, a guy named Carl Tassif, 
uh, was a good coach. Carl actually was Don Shula's roommate in college and coached in, in the NFL for a long time, played also. Carl just didn't like the guy too much. You know, it wasn't his kind of guy. He made some mistakes. He fumbled the ball. You know, so Carl was not, Carl was against him a little bit. And I'm, I know, I love the kid. So we get into training camp and we would kind of go back and forth, you know, and I'm trying to push for him and Carl's not. Anyway, make a long story short, uh, we, we got through part of the camp and we cut him. We let him go. And then a week or so later, we had several guys get hurt at the position. So we brought him back, which is very common to happen in the league. And we brought him back and now I'm really pushing him and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fighting for him. And we get into a meeting one night and we're talking about him and we're talking about cutting him. And I'm just sick because I know, I know this kid can play. I'm sure of it. But I lose the argument and we let him go. So anyway, I go to our general manager at the time, Charlie Winter, and I said, Charlie, what, what's your procedure when a guy's cut? What do you do? He said, well, you know, this is back before all the computer stuff. I mean, this is in the 80s. And he said, every day at around 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, I send a fax to the NFL office with what we've done, our trans, our, 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 you know, any move that we've made, any transaction. I said, okay. So I go to our security guy who's going to take him to the airport. And I said, uh, what time? He said, well, he's got a morning flight. I said, what about in the afternoon? He said, yeah, there's a later afternoon flight. And I said, well, put him on that one for me. He said, okay. But then I go to our equipment guy, who's my buddy. And I said, look, don't take his stuff out of the locker. Just leave it there. He said, what the hell are you doing? I said, just trust me. So I go to this kid's room at night. And he said, coach, I'm sorry that I know I made some mistakes. And I said, look, you're a good player. You're going to make it. It's going to happen. You, you just need a chance. Just, you got I said, now here's what I said. I want you to come tomorrow morning. I want you to come to practice. He said, coach, they cut me. I said, I, I can read the paper. I know we cut you. I said, just come to practice. I said, now when it starts, just get in the back, keep your helmet on hide. Nobody even knows who the hell you are anyway, except for me. I said, just stay back there. I said, just go in the locker, get your stuff like you're going to normal. Get Nobody knew him anyway. You know, we got like Marino Duper, Clino, this kid, this kid from Ball State. Nobody even knew who the hell he was. I said, now the very first period is mine, the punt team. I said, and you better be a superstar. So here we go. So here sure is this kid's in the back. You should hear him tell the story. He tells it in the book. You know, he's hiding in the back. He's got his helmet on. He's scared to death. He's already been cut. He's out to practice. Now, you couldn't do it today because today everybody would know. You know, back then it was a different time and nobody knew. Anyway, so we get in the thing. We're going to drill. So the last one, I said, okay. I said, clear the field. I want this live. Reggie Roby was my punter. I said, Reg, hit me a line drive down the middle of the field that I, I can return. He said, yeah, sure. He smacks it down. You would have thought you heard a car accident. This kid hit that ball carrier so hard on a tackle, a clean tackle, and blew him right up in the air. Now I'm screaming, you know, because I love it. And and the running back coach realizes what's gone on. He comes <laughs> screaming at me. GD Mike, he's swearing like hell. God, da, 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 da. he said, we cut that SOB last night. We got not. He was a lot more graphic than that. Said, we cut him. You got him out here practicing. And Coach Shulis comes over. He said, Mike, what the hell are you doing? I said, Coach, I know we don't turn anything in till one o'clock. I took a chance. I want to give the kid one more chance. He looked at me and he went, you got a lot of guts. He said, if you ever do it again, I'm going to fire your ass.
<laughs> he said, I'll talk to you after practice. Now, the rest of the day, my heart was like this in practice. You know, I'm scared to death. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to get fired. I'm a young coach. I think I was 41 years old at the time. I got this great job, and here I'm going to lose it. Comes up to me and says, uh, Mike, what the hell? And I told him, you know, we talked, and he said, you know, that damn kid is tough. He said, I kind of like him. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to send him home today. He said, then we'll bring him back and we'll put him on the practice squad. And we'll let him hang with us for a while, see what he can do. So sure as hell, we did it. So we're into the season now. We're about six games into the season. And we're going up to play New York to play the Jets. And he came, he said, Mike, if I make so-and-so active, what will you do with him? I said, I'll start him on every team. Well, I think he made five tackles that day. To make a long story short, he played 10 years in the National Football League. It doesn't get any better than that. He now is the running back coach at uh, Jacksonville, coached at Notre Dame, he coached at Kansas City, he's been in the league, and he's still in, the, he's still in and now he's coaching. And he played 10 years. That's what the book's about. That's pretty special to me. Coach, I'm, I'm going to be honest. There's not a better way to end a, a story or a podcast than that story. Um, coaches, buy the book. I mean, I'm going to. Um, I love books like this. Um, but it's, yeah. Those are the things why we do this. And... Again, I don't have anything smart or funny to say to end that. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 as much as I try, but you can't beat that. And, um, coach, well, thank it, you, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate you coming on, coach. Coaches, uh, the links in the bio. Um, check out coach's book. Um, it's called Figure It Out. You can get it I'll, on Amazon. I hope people out. will get it. It's. I think they very much enjoy it, and it's. Uh, it, it's. 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 That's what it's about. It's about. It's about finding a way to give those kids a chance. And that's why we do what we do. And I'm still doing it. I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. So, Coach, just wait right there. I'll talk to you real quick once I do this last little last part, and then uh, we'll go. Uh, again, coaches, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz, so people can find this, especially listen to that story at the end, um, even if you just send them that part of the story, screenshot, whatever. Um and then, again, share this with people. Uh, buy his book. Um, and that's another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast.